When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So most people, like the general society, when we think of the word attraction, it's typically linked to physical looks. Well, there's actually four areas of attraction. Each of these were to ask a question. Then the question that emotional attraction would ask is, am I evoking emotions within other people that they enjoy feeling? deepest show of love in a relationship is when someone does something that doesn't come naturally to them. Typically, we are attracted to people who share similar beliefs and values. It's much more attractive when someone says this is what they believe and then you see them live it in their lives. And there is hope for your relationship. You don't have to end it. You don't have to say, I married the wrong person. You can get back on this and fall more in love with each other. Dear young married couple, You're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're maxed, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling, And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Welcome to the Dear Young Married Couple podcast. If you want to know how to fall in love and stay in love, then listen in. And before we introduce our guests, we have a shout out to give to Tab, who left a review on Amazon for this expectations deck. Tab said, super pleased with these. I'm kind of a cheap person and didn't really want to spend the money on these, but I'm so glad I did. My husband and I just had the best in-home date night we've had in a long time. Yes. Great conversation sparked by these cards. Make the investment in your marriage. So thanks, Tab. We appreciate you leaving your view. It helps the card decks reach many more couples around the world. Yeah, and seriously, if you want to invest in your marriage, um, this is probably one of the best ways that we know how to do that. Mm-hmm. It's simple, it's cheap, and it's a lot of fun. So check those out. Shameless plug. Yeah, shameless plug. <laughs> we are ready to introduce our guest to you. Our guest today is Kimberly Beam Holmes. And she is an expert in marriage. She has a master's in psychology, working on her PhD in psychology. And um, she has grown an international company that saves marriages all over the world. Um, In 2020, they helped 10,000 marriages. Wow, it's a lot of marriages. And 
I can't tell you how amazing this podcast was. Yes, we just got done recording it. Yeah, it was really, really good. And if you want a solid model or steps to follow um, to build your marriage or just make sure, kind of get that insurance yes. for your marriage, this is a great podcast to listen to. So here we go. So welcome, Kimberly, to the podcast. We're so happy to have you here today. Welcome. Thank you, Adam and Carissa. I'm excited to be with you. It's going to be a good conversation. Yes, yes, we respect your work and um, we know that our audience is eager to hear, you know, this formula for falling in love. So how many steps are there to this formula? There are four steps. And I, I agree. Every time we talk about this and people say, oh, there's a formula, like there's actually a process that I can follow. <laughs> it's not just happenstance or you accidentally find your soulmate. No, it's none of that. You can actually mm -hmm. fall in love if you follow this process or fall more in love or fall back in love mm -hmm. if you follow this process. Mm -hmm. So yes. it's very encouraging. Yeah. So for those who are married or feeling a little stale, you can actually follow this process to stay in love. Is that correct? Absolutely. And go deeper in love too. Okay. Very I exciting. Amen. Because I, I think that a lot of people honestly believe, oh yeah, well, I'll fall in love with someone. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe they've had a rocky or they've seen their parents have a hard time with marriage and staying in love. Mm -hmm. You know, you hear the songs all the time, you know, I just, as you're saying the, the words, you know, like when I fall in love, it will be forever, right? You know? And and you hope that's true. I, I think a lot of people hope that's true, but I think sometimes uh, there's maybe a little doubt, and and maybe they feel like it's just kind of happenstance if they stay mm -hmm. in love. Like maybe it will happen to me, but mm -hmm. it's not something maybe I can affect or change or increase mm -hmm. the chances of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you do you see that like people wondering that too? I do. I think I, I think I see it a little bit differently okay. with married people who are saying, well, I think I just married the wrong person Ah, yep. or we just can't get along or, you know, maybe this wasn't my soulmates that even like I said before, mm -hmm. where it, it really is just more about intentionally following a process. There's not, I do not believe there is one right person out there for every single person out of mm -hmm. 9 billion people in, in the world. You know, there's not just one person for you. Now, mm -hmm. um, I think there's a ton of, like, I love my husband. I am glad I married my husband. Has there been days where I'm like, what in the world did I do? Yes, absolutely. But <laughs> I didn't let myself stay there. I, I, I right. have to believe and realize it's just as much me working on this to make it better and to fall in love with him more and to make our marriage more satisfying as, as it is him. And so mm -hmm. I took that personal responsibility, started working on it. Over time, we began working on it and have fallen more in love with each other too. We just celebrated 10 years last week. So. Congrats. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Big milestone. <laughs> Big that milestone, is. right? It's That's one of those great. things where it's like, it feels like just yesterday and at the same time, 150 years ago. So, <laughs> mm. <laughs> And you guys have kiddos too. We do. We have two kiddos. We um, we actually adopted both of our children. They're siblings from India. Oh, wow. So awesome. we literally went from being just the two of us to a family of four overnight two years I ago. I can't imagine. Um, wow. Yeah. 
That's incredible. <laughs> so that brought a whole new element Dynamic. to uh, staying in love. <laughs> yes, in so many ways because you experience each other differently. Yeah. Um, your relationship changes a bit, but then also you realize like we have kids now mm-hmm. and we're not, I mean, we didn't believe in divorce in the first place, the two mm-hmm. of us. And mm-hmm. so for us, that's not an option, yeah. but it becomes even more important to have a good relationship and to put our relationship first yes. because that's what we want to model for our kiddos. So yeah, exactly. all of it's important. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Okay. So we want to know what are these stages for falling in love and staying yeah. in love, rekindling that love? What's, what's the first one? I'll start with the first one. The first stage of falling in love is attraction. Now, a lot of times when people hear the word attraction, like, let me ask you. So when you think of the word attraction or you hear it, what's the first thing you think of? Is she hot? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, What, what do I, how do I feel when this person is around? Yeah. And I think, Uh I think that probably speaks to, um, experiences in love languages yeah. as well. But yeah. If I, I were to go back, I think attraction for me was like, am I physically attraction attracted? That's like the first barrier right. mm-hmm. for me. And mm-hmm. then it was like, can I be interested and have a good conversation with this person? Can I be a friend? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I saw it. Like, mm-hmm. and I still see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you're on to something, Adam. Actually, both of you are, but just in two different <laughs> ways. And it's interesting you both reacted the way you did at first, but but uh-huh. I'll say why in just a minute. <laughs> so most people, like the general society, when mm-hmm. we think of the word attraction, it's typically linked to physical looks. Yep. So diet, exercise, you know, being a size zero, or if you're a man, like being big and bulky and really muscular, right? Like these are the things that the world puts with attraction. And so it's very physical and people feel like it's a very physical thing. Either I'm physically attracted to them or or I'm not. Well, there's actually four areas of attraction and all of them are important. And interestingly enough, when you look at a long-term relationship, physical attraction is the least important of the four of them. Okay. But it's typically what we put a lot of our time and effort into. And it's not unimportant. So don't don't hear that and think, well, oh, I don't even need to focus on it. No, physical attraction is important for your age and your situation in life. So me being in my 30s now, Mm -hmm. I'm constantly remembering what I was like in my 20s, how I was able to do like run super fast and I was leaner than I am now back in my Mm -hmm. 20s. I'm I'm just comparing myself to myself, much less how we typically compare ourselves to other people, right? Right. But we're not in the same age and situation in life. Even people who are, you know, moms, new moms, like there's clearly a level of your your age and situation in life is going to be a little bit different. So give yourself some grace. Yes. Um, Yes. And all the new mamas said, amen. And all the new mamas (laughs) are like, praise praise. Well, and like, we won't even get into if you're breastfeeding, like you need extra weight and you know, we won't even get into all of that. Totally. But when the, when we look at attraction, just as these four parts. So the first one that we typically see, which is what Adam alluded to is, (laughs) is that physical part. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like layers of, of an onion or layers deep into a cake of if the physical is the frosting, like it's going to be what's beautiful. And we're like, Ooh, maybe I want that one. What's in it. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's the thing that can initially attract us, but looks are not going to be what keeps a person around long-term, okay. especially if 
any of these other three areas that are missing of attraction. So yeah. we'll call yeah. that physical attraction is the first. The second one is intellectual attraction, okay. which also goes back to what Adam was interestingly saying. Yeah. So after we see someone and we, we find them physically attractive, we move closer, then we start talking to them. Like the next mm. part of this is you begin a conversation. Right. And in this, you're seeing, is this a person I can talk to? Or if a person is, is evaluating you, they're asking, mm -hmm. are you someone that I, that I can carry on a conversation mm. with? And intellectual attraction really is all about that. It's, is this a person that I am looking forward to spending time with, talking to, and do we have enough in common that mm -hmm. we can share life interests together? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's a huge part. The dating and engaged couples, they're living in this right now, right? Like mm. they are talking so much about their life plans and their yes. goals. But you both know as well as I do that it's unfortunately typical that after a couple has been married for a couple of years, they stop talking. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's true. That's why you have those cards, right? Yeah. yeah. They start, right. stop dating. They stop yeah. talking. Mm -hmm. stop they start talking. being intentional. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stop asking yeah. each other questions. Um, it can become very easy for one or both spouses to come home after the end of a long work day and just retreat to their yep. respective areas and watch yeah. their mm -hmm. own shows or read their own books and not even talk about how each other's day was. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it can begin to erode attraction to where one day the one or both of them will kind of wake up one day, mm -hmm. I say, like, it's happened over a yeah. period of time. But one day they wake up and they're like, I don't even know this person anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. exactly. That's interesting because we always couch that in terms of connection, mm. which, you know, it does provide for an avenue uh, of connection. Yeah. But I think couching it in terms of attraction sheds a whole new light. It's a different angle. Mm -hmm. exactly. I like, too, how um, I was listening to one of your podcasts. And you're talking about this, talking about attraction. And I like the fact that you said it's not just, of course, I was going with the, you know, yeah, is she hot? But the other part of that <laughs> is like that you said that I thought was really good is it's not just the physical, just the looks part, but it's mm -hmm. also the attraction. Like, how do you feel about yourself? Yep. Yep. And I think that's just as sexy yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. when someone like because and, and that's something like you said yeah they stop talking but sometimes I think with that people also stop working on themselves I, I often see these go hand in hand they stop talking but they also kind of let themselves go yeah and they detest that part too mm -hmm. they don't like that so it's kind of like a push the person away because I don't feel good about myself mm. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. yes, that's such a good point. And you're right. So if we go back to talking, thinking about that physical attraction part of it, mm -hmm. then how do I feel about myself? So taking that looks out of it, like shut your eyes, don't even look in the mirror. And this is what I encourage people to do. Just think about your, your body yourself. Like, how do I feel? And we can get, that can get emotional as well. But even if we're just thinking about like energy, sleep, like, do I just feel good? Because I know for me, one of the reasons I'm so dogmatic about my morning routine, which is very long and encompassing, but it's because I know if I don't do these things in the morning, mm -hmm. I'm not going to have the emotional availability to be there for the other people in my life because I'm not going to feel good. Like I've got to get out and walk. I've got to have some quiet time, mm -hmm. some time to journal, 
time to meditate. Like I've got, and that's just for me to get to baseline normal Mm -hmm. coming into contact with other people. Um, And so that's so important. Like people, I encourage, especially women, men of course as well, but I feel like women are the ones who always give excuses to this. Like Mm -hmm. I don't have time. You don't understand. Make time for you. You've got to have that time to to feel good and reset more attractive it does like no (laughs) one wants to be around the crazy woman or man but especially the crazy woman who like hasn't had enough sleep is eating all sugar and starbucks coffee drinks all day and like she's just frazzled (laughs) right Uh yes well yes i think we too like just what tag on what you're saying it's not just so you, you feel good but it's like also it's putting gas in your tank to go farther and faster Because like, yeah, I mean, how effective is that person that's frazzled, Mm -hmm. that isn't getting enough sleep, that is on, you know, only on caffeine caffeine and sugar, like you don't feel good doing all the things that you're doing. How much better would you be doing at all those things Mm -hmm. if you took care of yourself? Mm -hmm. You just be more efficient. 100%. 100%. So we have physical attraction. We have intellectual attraction. What's the third type of attraction? So the third one is emotional attraction. Mm -hmm. This alludes to what Carissa was saying at the beginning when I said, what is, you know, how, what do you think about with attraction? And it's, it's this area of really, if each of these were to ask a question, then the question that emotional attraction would ask is, am I evoking emotions within other people that they enjoy feeling? Mm. And what's crazy is when we think about attraction, most people do not have any idea that this part of it is part of attraction. They're not, we're not thinking the way I treat other people is going to affect whether or not they are attracted to me and how much they want to be around me. But the truth of the matter is when we're talking about relationship attraction, like me being attracted to another person or another person being attracted to me this is the most important part of attraction Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, you could be married to a supermodel, but if they treat you like a jerk, you're not going to want to be around them. Yes. Right. It all comes down to how am I evoking emotions within others? They enjoy feeling. And this Mm -hmm. applies to more than just your spouse. Although that is a huge, I mean, we should definitely be conscious of that, but it can apply to your kids your neighbors, your coworkers, because this, I mean, if it applies to every relationship you have, mm-hmm. if other people enjoy the way they feel when they're around you, they're mm-hmm. going to want to be around you more. Yeah, yeah that's so true. That kind of goes back to the basics of like Dale Carnegie, right? Like how to mm-hmm. win friends and influence people. Like how yes. does this person feel when they're around me? Am I using their name? Am I making eye contact? Right. Like, we're not just talking about romantic relationships, but just mm-hmm. how are you around people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's just making the other person feel really important, but mm-hmm. that can be done in many different ways. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I it think it's really so can. important. Can you give us some tangible ways for how that can be done? How can someone become yeah. more emotionally attractive? Yes. So here's, here's at least three. We'll see. We'll see how much I talk and you can stop me at any time. <laughs> sure. <laughs> The biggest one everyone should start doing today is putting down your phone when you are speaking to someone. Nice. And I, I say that because it's the one I have struggled with a lot. Like even with my husband or my kids, I will realize that I'm just on my phone and they are talking to me and it's what message am I sending them when, when that's happening? 
I wish you'd stop. (laughs) Right. Like I'm not paying attention. You're not important. I wish you'd stop talking. It was such an issue for my husband three years ago that he gave up his smartphone and he's had a flip phone for three years. Wow. Because he realized he was so addicted to looking at his phone and scrolling and doing all that stuff that he was like, I'm done. He hasn't had a flip phone for three, or he's had a flip phone for three years. Smart like guy. Old school flip phone. Good for him. Smart guy. Yeah. yeah. It's really good for him. Notice I didn't say I followed suit. Like, <laughs> that's pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, but that's one. Another one is to think back to when you started dating your spouse. So for the listeners who are currently dating or engaged, this isn't too far removed. Mm-hmm. This is a great chance for you to just mentally capture what are the things that you do for each other that you love the way you feel because of it for the Mm -hmm. people who've been married a bit longer then think back to it. So when I think back to when my husband and I were dating, um, the things that made me feel special was he would open every door for me, every Mm -hmm. door, my car door. I mean, he was just there like lightning. He would be there and opening my door. Um, he sent me flowers all the time. He mm-hmm. called me every night. He sent me a text every single morning. Like these were the things that I just felt so loved and wow. cherished. For 10 yeah. years. No, 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 no. When we were dating. <laughs> She's like clarification. <laughs> Adam's like, how is he doing this? <laughs> that was awesome. a leading question. <laughs> oh, I love but it. But thinking back to those years thinking when you were dating, like, those years. How, like this guy yeah, is, yeah. is amazing. So you're asking yourself what made me feel special or what mm-hmm. did I do to make them feel special? So, so that's what, that's what made me feel special. The flip mm-hmm. side of this question is what did I do that made my husband feel special? Because okay. all of this is leading up to a conversation. Yeah. So what did I do that my husband felt special? Well, I listened to him. I was supportive for him. He was in um, flight school when we were dating. So he Mm. was stressed out a ton of the time. I was always encouraging him. Um, I would make him his favorite meals. I would surprise him by showing up at his house, which was six hours away um, and spend a weekend with him. You know, so we, we did things like that. And even after we got married, one of the things that my husband felt most loved and respected by was when I gave him space to be an introvert. This was a huge so problem good. for us yep. in the beginning yeah, yeah. of our marriage because I was an yeah. extrovert. Uh, he was an introvert. And all of a sudden I was like, why do you not want to be with me? That's how I interpreted what he was doing. So sure. I yep. would like scream and beg and whine mm-hmm. and cry of like, why do you not love me? Because that's how I was yeah. interpreting his actions, yes. which was not emotionally attractive at all, totally. right? Like if we're going to totally. push someone away, then we do it through fighting with them, through yelling at them, attacking them. Even, I mean, we can be hurt. It's okay to be hurt about things, yeah. but the way that we engage in those conversations make a huge difference. So yeah. when I learned to respect him, give him that time and space, love him, not attack him for his needs that he mm-hmm. needed to have. Is that how you reframed it? That was better. That is how I reframed it. Yes. That's mm. great. Good. I love that. I love the practical examples you gave us for yeah. how to become more emotionally attractive. I explain it like a rubber band. Mm. Like the guy will snap back. Actually, yeah. I think this is Gary Chapman. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember, but he, um, he talks about, I think it's him. He talks about a rubber band like, the, well, he says men, but I see this more along the lines of an introvert man. <laughs> but mm-hmm. they need that space, like like a rubber band, to stretch. 
And mm-hmm. if it's allowed to stretch without kind of that nagging and like, hey, you know, I'm going to make you feel bad while you're stretching because that's really yeah. not a stretch. Um, if you allow that stretch, he'll snap back and be very attentive and be the man mm-hmm. you need. Mm-hmm. But if you're chasing always or even if you give him the space, but it's begrudging. Um, right. It's going to make it very difficult. And he's always going to need that. Like you're all he's always going to mm-hmm. feel like. I'm missing. I need to, I need to get out. I need space. Yeah. That's a huge one for that piece of uh, looking back on what you did to make, make them feel great around you when you were dating, feel special. They like to, that's a common one. That's a common one that goes missed, you know, in, in marriages that have been, you know, more mature marriages, that piece becomes immature, right? We'll be right back to the interview, but first we wanted to share something that we are really excited about. You know, we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations. And that's why we created the monthly live date night. And monthly live date night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. We focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick and then 30 minutes we do a QA and a and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, We have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in, but we really want you to take action in your marriage too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right, back to the interview. Mm -hmm. And and all of these are just options, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. these are all parts of it. Mm -hmm. So one of the other ways that I, when I'm thinking about and talking about emotional attraction is there's 80% of emotional attraction are things we know to do. Be kind, be Mm -hmm. forgiving, be loving, be empathetic, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is going to work in with every person in every relationship, but there's these, this other 20% that's hyper individualized to the person. So Mm -hmm. like with my husband, his name is Rob. So he's an introvert. So for him, giving him that space is something that can help him feel like I'm a more emotionally attractive person. Mm -hmm. Um, Opposite for me, right? Like if he were to give me all the space that I give him, I'd be like, where are you? (laughs) (laughs) Do you love me? Right. Like I, do you not want to talk to me? So then on his side, it's realizing that I have different needs. He has different needs and I need to be aware of that. I have different needs. He needs to be aware of that. And we can't force this on each other because if we mm-hmm. fight about our needs, like it's just going to make each of us defensive, right? And we're yes. not going to hear each other. Mm-hmm. So understanding those things, even going down to different personality types, you know, you can look at all the different ones, Enneagram, DISC model, mm-hmm. Myers-Briggs, and you can look at the five love languages. All of these are tools that you yep. can use to just bring awareness as to what is, what is it that specifically he needs and what is it specifically she needs. And that is where the beauty of it comes in because then you're really speaking to the other person in the way that they need to hear it. Mm. Excellent. Yeah. So is that the, you said you had like three ways to become more emotionally attractive, putting down your phone, what made them feel special when they were, when you guys were dating. And then is that the third way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, I would I would summarize the third way um, more succinctly as asking them. So asking your spouse, what is it that makes you feel 
Like I'm evoking, emo- what is it that I can do that will evoke emotions within you? Mm. You enjoy feeling. However, okay. the spouse may not always know the answer to that. Mm. So using some of these other tools, like knowing if they're an introvert or extrovert, knowing a personality type, knowing a love language, these don't have to be the end all be alls, but they can start to give you an idea of what it is that they may need more of that you can then be attentive on. And just a a pause here. Um, One of the things that I hear couples say often is, well, if it doesn't come naturally to my spouse, then they don't really mean it and it doesn't matter as much. It's not organic. Uh Oh my gosh. So I was... (laughs) There's a couple I worked with. This was probably like five or six years ago now. And he would put it in his phone every two weeks to send her flowers. And she hated those flowers because he had to put it in his phone to remind himself to do it. I know. So this is a podcast and all you listeners can't see. Adam just put his hand and it's like, what in the the world? Um, I think that the deepest show of love Mm -hmm. in, in a relationship is when someone does something that doesn't come naturally to yes. them because they want to show you that they love you. Yes. That's true. So That's intentionality, need, right? It is intentionality. I love it. I love when people do things like that. Yeah. It's a, well, love is a matter of the will or the, the beautiful kind of love. I think it's not yeah. just a fleeting emotion, but it's like, I'm choosing to become this or become better, you know, to speak your language, even though it's not native to me. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So what's the fourth type of attraction? Fourth, spiritual attraction. Mm, talk about spiritual attraction. Let's talk about it. So it, it does not necessarily have to do with religion, although religion is a huge part of it and faith, yeah. but it more so has to do with beliefs and values. Mm-hmm. So what is it that I believe and value that I hold tight to me? And mm-hmm. typically we are attracted to people who share similar beliefs and values that we do, especially on things that are more core issues to us. Um, Because it's going to be, I mean, people, your listeners who are dating and engaged, hopefully have had conversations and asked questions to each other where they know where their Mm -hmm. strong beliefs are and how their partner aligns. Because a huge, I mean, a huge one is one person wants kids, one doesn't. Yeah. And then they think that either it's going to change or it's not going to be a big deal. Well, that's actually a huge, a huge belief in value. Like if you believe that you want to have children and you value family, then that needs to be something you're aware of, right? So self-awareness can be a, a good part of this, realizing where you start. But for the bigger part of it is being a person that lives in line with your beliefs and values. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing just to say something and then act completely differently. And that's mm-hmm. not attractive. Yeah. It's much more attractive when someone says this is what they believe and then you see them live it in their lives. Mm-hmm. That is what can make us more spiritually attractive people. And of I course, like as, a, as a Christian, I, it's difficult for me to take the faith aspect of it out of it because mm-hmm. I so strongly believe that the more that I am seeking God, the more spiritually attractive I am going to be. I, so it's difficult for me to take that apart from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's plenty of people who are atheists or have different religions and this doesn't, this isn't unimportant to them. It's mm-hmm. just going to look different for whatever their beliefs and values might be in their life. Sure. But I think this does speak to the whole, like, what scripture tells us to not be unequally yoked 
you know, mm-hmm. and that's because if you hold a belief or value um, that aligns with a biblical worldview and then you're mm-hmm. trying to connect with someone romantically that doesn't hold a biblical worldview, you're not going to stay connected. You're not going to be spiritually attracted to each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I would say when you when you hold a value but you don't live to it, it creates internal dissonance. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like you, we were talking about earlier with the physical attraction, but you don't like yourself and you don't take care of yourself. It creates the internal dissonance of like, mm-hmm. I don't like the way I am. I don't feel good in my body. And most people hold physical, you know, health to be an important thing. So there's dissonance, yeah. but also the spiritual dissonance. I hold, you know, I need to be uh, self self-giving and do all these things. But then I don't live to that. It does become a detractor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. So there's four types of attraction. And I know we focused mainly on attraction, which is the first step for falling in love and staying in love. Yes. But it's, I, would you say that's one of the most important steps? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know if anyone's asked me that way. It's definitely important because it's the first, but here's okay. the other thing about the, the process of falling in love, which we actually call the love path. So mm-hmm. if we're thinking about the love path, then it's not just the first one. It's the one you always go back to if mm-hmm. your relationship starts to get rocky or stale or something has happened. I mean, this is, this is the, that foundational aspect that everything else is built on. Okay. So that makes sense. We call so the P I E and S actually stands for pies. So mm-hmm. we call it, these are the pies of attraction. These are the things you can always go back to be working on your pies. So each person in the marriage, the husband and the wife, mm-hmm. this is something each of them can be doing yeah. every single day. And Just, even as an, in, as an individual, like um, yes. if you're single, you can be working on your pies. hundred yes, percent. And you, you should, <laughs> yeah. you absolutely should, yes. because then you will be more likely to attract a person that you want to attract yeah. that you, that you would want to have a, you know, long-term mm. committed marriage relationship with. So mm. the pies yeah. are incredibly important. And for that reason, I would say attraction I don't know if I would, uh, if you put me in a corner and said, is it the most important? I don't know that I could say it is, but it's very important because everything else is built on it. Okay. All right. Good answer. Yeah. It's like (laughs) asking if the, if the walls are most, most important, you're like, well, yeah, they're really important to keep warm, but so is the foundation. If you don't have that, the walls will fall. Yeah, exactly. It's it's all important just in different ways. Yes. So, Attraction is this this first part, which leads us into that second part of falling in love or the second part of the love path, which is acceptance. So okay. after I know about a person, so think about, let's just go back to dating. I'm attracted to them physically, uh, intellectually, we have a ton to talk about. I love the way they make me feel spiritually, we're aligned. Now comes the part of, but do I accept this person for who they are? Especially mm. the more you talk, And the more Mm. things come out Mm -hmm. about their past, things that have happened to them, you know, all of these things, there comes a point of, do I accept this person? So let me, let me demonstrate this with a, with a story. So we had a a guy call us several years ago and he said, I can't seem to get past a, a second date with a girl. Okay. Interesting. Why do you think you can't? progress beyond that. Well, it's on the second date that I tell her that I am a cross-dresser. Okay. Interesting, right? Okay. Why are you a cross-dresser? 
I'm a cross-dresser because when I was six years old, my dad used to beat me. Mm. One time he broke my arm. He used to drag me across the pavement. And if I would, I mean, he would do terrible things to me and he never touched my sister. So I Mm. feel safest when I am dressed like a girl. And because I don't want to hide this, I tell the girls that I go on dates with that this is what I do Mm. on the second date. But I don't tell them why. I just tell them this is what I've done and it freaks them out and they never want to go on another date with me. Mm. But now, so I've shared with you the reason why behind it. Yeah. Does your perception, I mean, both of your counselors, so you're going to be a different... (laughs) Sure. You're going to, you're, you probably reacted to it differently than the general public, even when you first heard it, but understanding the why behind it, does it change your perception of him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus yeah, everyone. Knowing. Yeah. I mean, even if that value doesn't align with where we are, where I am, everyone makes sense once you know their story. Right. And that's where acceptance comes in because yeah. it's one thing just to know the fact about someone, a fact mm-hmm. about their life something that they've done but what's even more important than that is how do they feel about it okay why did they do it why did it happen how do they feel about the fact that it happened or or how they did it Mm. that's what tells you more about a person than just an event Uh, and both of you know this very well i'm sure but acceptance is so key in relationships especially romantic relationships because it's at that point that whenever or whatever it is that our spouse may tell us and we will d- continue to discover things even mm-hmm. after you're married right That's right yeah. so the question is how are you going to react to it right are you going to accept your spouse even if you don't accept the action or behavior right can you still accept your spouse love them and mm-hmm. react in a way that at least shows that you're a safe place for them to come and talk to. Ooh, that's a good distinction. I think that's where people probably get hung up with acceptance. Like, mm. do I have to accept this behavior if it's inappropriate or right. harmful? Or if I sit there listening, it means that I approve. Right. So many people feel yeah. like they have to say something like, oh, mm. I don't like that. Or yeah. instead of just listening and hearing, it doesn't mean that you approve or you Exactly. You know, condone right. or whatever. It's right. simply. I love what you listening. said. Yeah, acceptance is a safe place mm-hmm. to Talk contain to that emotional experience and hear that story. That's really good. And dig a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. And this is an, again another one of those phases where it continues to be important, and it's going to continue to come up in your relationship. Do mm-hmm. I accept my spouse for who they are? Or am I going to try and change them? Am I going to try and attack them? This is where, um, I mean, we can even look into it and say when a lot of conflict can happen here, right? Mm -hmm. So this is where the four horsemen, Dr. John Gottman's four horsemen can can start coming in. Because if I don't accept what you're doing or don't like what you're doing, then I'm going to be defensive. I'm going to criticize. I'm going to be contemptuous. Oh, contemptuous, especially here. Yeah, that's where you can really start looking down on your spouse and saying, you're doing that. You like that. What? You know, like, yeah, yeah, like I'm so much better than you. You're so much less that air of superiority, that air of superiority, which is Mm -hmm. the most destructive thing that can happen in relationships as the two of you know. Mm -hmm. So acceptance is that second phase. But once a person feels safe, accepted, 
I mean, both people need to feel this in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Then you can really move on to this third step, which is attachment. So after you feel safe, then you can really begin to bond with the person. Um, Mm -hmm. I saw this when my husband and I adopted our children. You could see attachment work out beautifully in that situation because it wasn't until especially my son. So when we adopted them, my son was two years old. Our daughter was four, but our son had never been with his mother. So straight out of the hospital, he was in the orphanage Mm. and had not really been held much for two years. That impacts attachment big time. Huge. Yeah. So he was, if you know about attachment styles, avoidant Mm -hmm. and would not look at me wouldn't let us like me just trying to hold him. You could, he was pushing away, right? Like he did not feel safe. So it wasn't until he could begin to feel safe that we Mm -hmm. could begin to bond and and really attach. So attachment in marriage is similar. People need to feel safe in order to attach. And attachment is really knowing that the other person in your life, the person you're married to is going to be there for you. Wow. Security. Yeah, it's security. Mm-hmm. So day in and day out, and even we could even use the pies as a framework for this. Are they going to be there for you physically mm-hmm. to hold you, to touch you, to calm you down? Are they going to be there for you intellectually, for you to be able to talk to about things and work things out emotionally yeah. to provide you that emotional security you need spiritually to pray with you, to, mm-hmm. to help you in whatever situation it is you're going. I mean, Yep. All of us need this, and especially in our relationships. Mm. I like that. That's really good. Yeah. I like how that ties in. Exactly. So it's interesting because acceptance gives you that sense of safety um, mm-hmm. to share the past. And then attachment gives you that sense of safety or security to be present and to lean on each other, when, whatever you're going through presently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, a hundred percent. So it's interesting how so much of it goes back to being there, being present, being aware, feeling safe, right? Like we want to feel heard, loved, and seen. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. As people. Mm -hmm. Deepest need. Deepest need. So then the fourth stage of falling Mm -hmm. in love is called aspiration. And this is the one that many couples don't get to because number one, they don't realize that they should. Uh, But number two, because it, it actually takes intentionality to really think about this. So aspiration, when we are dating, our aspiration or the goal that we have for, for our relationship is to get engaged. When we get engaged, the goal is to get married. When we get married, the goal is to have two and a half kids and a white picket fence with a great house. And then when we have that, what's next? Mm -hmm. Most of us don't have this. We don't, we're not working with our spouse. And actually what ends up happening is this, right. Well, the midlife crisis, but also the, um, like he'll start having a dream. She'll start having a different Uh, dream. uh, And then their dreams start to take them apart to where they're not focused on something to bring them back together. And they're, and they're drifting apart. So you see this a lot with empty nesters. So the Mm -hmm. kids have kind of been something keeping them together. And then when they wake up one day again, right. Um, Kids have moved out and they're like, who are you? And what are we doing together? 
because they haven't been doing things to bring them back together. So this can be something as simple as, you know, we, we want to volunteer every year together as a family or, you know, we want to build our dream house one day or we want to be able to retire in Mexico. Um, it, whatever the dream is, we want to go camping as a family twice a year. Um, but something that you're constantly doing together to bring you back to each mm -hmm. other. Yeah. And that, as, as my favorite book says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Well, when there's no vision in your marriage, you begin to perish too, because you don't mm -hmm. know what you're working towards together. So this can lead to highest, the highest levels of satisfaction within a marriage, mm -hmm. because when you're focused on a vision, then all of the really irritating, stupid stuff we fight about isn't that big of a deal because you're focused on going somewhere. Wow. So good. So good. And I can see why people wouldn't get to that top, like that mission and purpose level mm -hmm. um, because they really do have to have the ability to feel f freedom to express that and not mm -hmm. be condemned. So he needs to kind of go through those levels to feel safe, to yeah. feel that, you know, I don't have to be something else for you. And then we can start getting to that. Okay. So if we have that life, safety, attachment. freedom, attachments in place, then we could start going out yeah. and going and doing. That's true. Which is very much that part because mm -hmm. that's risky. That Those other things are more going out rather than yeah. internally focused. It seems Ooh, like. Yes, you're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. I haven't it's thought like of it that way. That's right. Gottman's shared shared yeah, meaning, meaning and purpose. Like yep. at the top of his yeah. house, right? It's like you you really can't get there until a lot of these other needs and foundations are set. Because yeah. you have to be that whole person. Yeah. Think, and that's what's necessary. Kind of what you're saying. I love that model. It, it's very very well put together. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Thank you for sharing Thank this. You. Anything else that the listeners should know about? Um, either, you know, the pies of attraction or the four steps or stages for falling in love and staying in love? For both of them, they are always important and they are always something that you can go back and even just self-evaluate, mm -hmm. especially with those, with those pies and saying, you know, where is it? And intuitively, I think most people are going to know if they hear this description, they're going to say, mm, that's the one <laughs> that I need to put more attention on right now. And so start doing things to, to work towards that, to become mm -hmm. the best that you can be as an individual, no matter what is going on in your marriage or with your spouse or in your situation, this is the thing you have control over. You can't control anyone else in your life. You can only control yourself. Can't Such control your spouse. You can yes. only control yourself. So do these to the best of the ability that you can. And it's always something you can come back to. And then is thinking about the, those stages of falling in love and thinking about the love path, realizing that no matter where you are, and even if you've fallen off, there is a way to get back on and there is hope for your relationship. You don't have to end it. You don't have to say, I married the wrong person. You can, you can get back on this and fall more in love with each other. And it can be better than it's ever been before. Mm -hmm. I believe that there's always hope for a better marriage. Amen. Yes. Um, so just to kind of continue this, if they want, if people want to continue this, you know, talk with you, um, where can they find you and what resources maybe can you suggest like books or courses or, um, what you have? 
Sure. For people who are looking more of how to work on their pies, then I actually have a website and a podcast and a course coming out soon all about that. So you can mm -hmm. find that at the podcast is It Starts With Attraction. You can find that anywhere you listen, where you're listening to this podcast. Okay. And then you can also find more at piesuniversity.com. You can see the coursework. You can see all of that kind of stuff there. But for people looking for more about, and oh, there's also a free attraction assessment at piesuniversity.com. So Very good. go check that out as well. But if you are looking more for things about your marriage and you're saying, I want to, I want to have a better marriage with my spouse, then marriagehelper.com. They have, we have a bunch of free resources on there or marriage helpers, YouTube, which has over 300 videos about tons of different topics. So you can find that at youtube.com slash marriage helper. Awesome. Nice. Thank you. And we will link all of those in the show notes for people who are looking for a quick access to any of those things. Um, okay. You. So um, lastly, just to close up our episode here, we like to ask all of our interviewees the same question. Um, and it's just kind of a, a way for you to share a summary of your wisdom from marriage with our audience. So it's our Dear Young Married Couple letter. So um, you'll fill in the blank. Dear Young Married Couple. Dear young married couple, the best advice I could give you after being married for 10 years and working in this space for eight years mm -hmm. is that unconditional love does not look the way the world tells you that love looks. It is very much a selfless listening accepting being that safe place even when things don't go the way you think they should even when things hurt but being forgiving always just pressing into i believe prayer and what god is showing you in the season of life that you're in but also seeing what is it that you can do to help your marriage and to help your spouse mm -hmm. on a daily basis and resetting that resetting your mindset resetting your framework um and viewing love as something that you can give, not just something that you should take. Yes. Love it. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time and oh, thank all you. the gems of wisdom you have here. It's yes. so good. Awesome. Oh, goodness. You have been uh, a joy to have on and we are eager to see um, the fruit that comes from this episode. I know you're pouring into so many marriages, so thank you. Thank you both. I've loved my conversation with you. It's been, I think, my favorite interview that I've had so far. Y'all are awesome. Right on. <laughs> Ditto. Well, it's hopefully really we'll good. have you back on soon because you have several gems to share. And uh, this was only the beginning. So thank you. Thank you both. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.